Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. A little charcoal in my voice today after last night's election. What, what do you mean? Show, what does that mean, charcoal? I feel like I've been chewing charcoal for about 12 hours because we had get, so much booze last night. Did you have to get your stomach pumped? Uh, close. I woke up feeling great, by the way. We got close. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a drink right now. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should. Yeah. Uh, cheers, friend, because it was a disaster last night. Um, across the board for Republicans, anybody who was uh, a fan of uh, former President Donald John Trump. Uh, it was a disaster for him as well. Uh, and then it was a disaster for the guy who drank 13 hard AF seltzers last night, yeah, which he, is a, a new personal record. Uh, he, he, we were standing outside, and he was trying to tell me a story. Yeah. After, and uh, anybody that watched the show, especially the end, could tell that I was pretty hammered. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even for me, this guy's trying to tell me a story. I'm like, man... Nothing you're saying makes sense. No. And it wasn't me. There were, there were people around that weren't drunk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Luckily, we're saved by a guest here today. Sean Lake mm. from Bub's Naturals is here. Welcome to the show. Uh, my God, man. Uh, we went on a bender last night, and I apologize, okay? I want to apologize to you. I, I think you're just going to make it more entertaining. So well, this, we'll see. You're just lo- you're socially lubricated with we'll, leftovers. We'll find out. We'll find out here today. Uh, I know you were traveling, uh, trying to get down here, so you didn't get a chance to pop into the, the old uh, election results last night. It was not a red wave. It was not a red tsunami. It wasn't even a ripple. And now we're kind of waiting to see some of the uh, seats that are still open because Nevada... Mm-hmm. And Arizona have yet to put in all their fucking votes along yeah. with Alaska. Is that is that where we're at, Bob? It's, it's tough, man. It's hard to do things. Yeah, but Alaska is just which Republican. Yeah, it's two Republicans. All right, so that, that Senate together. seat is going to flip for them. Uh, I don't know, it's not a flip. We're kind of the incumbent. Oh, oh, it is. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, as far as Herschel Walker is concerned, where are we at with Herschel Walker? Uh, so 98% of the vote is in, but they've called it for the runoff. Neither is going to hit the 50% uh, threshold, yep. as we like to talk about last night. Thank you, Bob. Uh, Thank you. Warnock is in the lead by about a point. Okay, and that's not going to matter because they're going to have to rerun again yes. uh, December 8th? 6th or 8th, something like that. 6th or 8th, okay. So we get another month of, of, uh, of Christmas here with Herschel Walker in Georgia. But it might not matter uh, because Arizona is still on the table. Nevada is still on the table. Um, And then Alaska, you just said, is Republican. Uh, I think best hope scenario if you're a Republican. I don't know where you lean, Sean. Uh, It's where daddy leans. Oh, you're right down the middle. I don't think that Arizona has a chance. I think uh, it says too early to call, but there's no fucking way Blake Masters is going to win that. So they're still missing 800,000 votes. Mm -hmm. What they're saying online... 
uh, and a couple people have called it for Arizona. He's down five. Right. He's down five. He's down five, I think, but they're all Republican counties left. Uh, is it? Because yep. is it not Maricopa? No, Maricopa's in, I think. Maricopa's but, in it. Okay. Um, but everything that, that, that I've read is they're expecting both to flip for mm. Kari, for Carrie Lake for uh, governor and potentially him as well. They said that will be a nail-biter, possibly a recount later on uh, after this is all said and done. And it wasn't a good night for uh, Trump-backed candidates last night. All right, so first of all, you, you, you missed, I think, a potentially amazing joke about Herschel Walker running. Uh, he made no, so many I, I last made night. Probably sixty thousand Herschel Walker jokes last night. Then I'm out. I'm out right, of those. Yeah, I, I was feeling fresh. Run, here. Herschel, run! Yeah, he. I was wearing a, a Herschel Walker jersey last night for the show, for the live show, and a police badge um, for it. And uh, we had a guy, a listener, flew in from Minnesota. We had a huge party here last night, and we had a listener flying from Minnesota. And Dan and I signed the Herschel Walker jersey, yeah. so he got to All walk right. off with that. But. Uh, Run, Herschel, run. He's, he's still going to run the He's Senate. running. Yeah. Yeah, he's running. Yeah. And, and I guess we got till December to figure that one out. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. But uh, I think as a whole, looking back at the night last night, there was a lot of shock and disbelief uh, on the Republican side and the Democrat side. Because uh, let's face it, the way the economy is right now um, and the, I guess, unpopularity of Joe Biden um, my God, man. And the inflation, I, I would have thought otherwise. Uh, what it looked like, and again, I survey pretty much all the, the news networks across the board, not Fox and CNN and MSNBC, but everyone, like NBC, ABC, CBS, everything else. It looked like, Dan, that three out of 10 voters on the exit polls were concerned about the economy. Uh, and then three out of 10 were concerned about abortion. So it ended up being a massive issue last night. Uh, your wife, you said, uh, voted was that a concern for her as well you guys are in what san diego yeah uh, you know it's 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 funny we're in the hey we've got two kids mm-hmm. and when i'm thinking of my social issues that one i've sort of been just watching it mm-hmm. and i guess like i've been raised with roe v wade being just a baked part of our world since i was born right i mean it's, it's just been what it is so same yeah when it flipped the amount of outrage and kind of like just massive media blitz around it. I it didn't hit me here. Like I it didn't create outrage with me. And that's not because I don't respect a woman's right to choose. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I think that I should be in a position to to eliminate that right to choose. It just maybe because we're having a family and we're thinking more about the creation side. Like it just it just didn't become a family topic. So when we were making our voting choices. Right. I was thinking like, hey, what's going on with global warming? You know, I'm a big outdoor environment person. Like I want to go hike and snowboard and be in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about that issue. And then I'm thinking about the economy. And I'm thinking, well, okay, well, how do I create balance between where we're going as a country and what's going to happen with, you know, macro inflation? Like what's, what's happening with interest rates and where the direction that we're driving towards and everything that we've done from 2020 till now during the pandemic that has fed into that mm-hmm. and how do we course correct well i don't know if we can no because... the, the way to course correct would be to eliminate people from government who shut down small businesses for example correct. that would be a good way to do yeah, it and but that didn't happen last that's night. not what america chose to do so um yeah. i'm 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 thrilled with this result 
because people are going to get exactly what the fuck they deserve, which is nice. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's nice when that happens. And we always say on this show, you, we are who we vote for as a, as a nation, and we'll find out. Uh, apparently, people uh, were amped about the economy, amped about being poor and uh, inflation rates, and uh, the Fed's going to keep hiking them at a dangerous level. Yeah. Rents are going to keep going up. Yeah. Uh, nobody's going to be able to buy a house it was anymore. More to, these motherfuckers don't understand how federalism works, how the system of government that we operate in works. They voted for federal elections for a state issue now, right? Like the Supreme Court has decided fundamentally and finally, there's no retraction now, that the abortion thing is a state issue, which means get involved in state politics, sure, right? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Get involved. Like people were bringing it up in the Caruso uh, L.A. mayor's race. The mayor of L.A. doesn't have any control over whether or not people get abortions, you stupid fuck. No. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Uh-uh. M- make no mistake. It's not like the city of L.A. is going to outlaw abortions, <laughs> and then you got you got to drive <laughs> right. to Santa Barbara to get your abortion. <laughs> no. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not happening. At a nicer place? Because yeah. so, then you can at least stare at the ocean while you're getting an abortion. Absolutely. Yeah, Which, kick your feet up. That's right now. Literally. Well, right now, yeah, have literally. You, they have you looking at a green screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You know what I mean? And they so, project onto it. So, but, but you're spot on. So it's like, hey, you live in Texas, mm-hmm. and- you know, here we are, and you guys happen to live in a really liberal pocket inside of Texas. So Correct, it's yeah. not like you're going to have abortions legal in Austin, despite the fact that there's probably a concentrated community of folks that would love for that. Mm. It's going to be a state rule. Like, you can't just... Yeah, Governor Abbott. Um, yeah. So go- Governor Abbott, so vote, a.k.a. wheelchair. So vote for governors and state legislatures, right? Mm-hmm. But if you map... If people are voting in federal elections, you said 30% in the exit polling voted for that. Yeah. Usually it's about 75 to 80% economy. That's what smart people do. Right. Right. Dumb people vote on fucking social wedge issues, particularly ones that are unaffected at the federal level. There's no, there's no fucking law that the federal government can pass to make abortion legal federally now because of what the Supreme Court just did. Correct. Right? That's, yeah. It cannot happen. That's not how it works. They returned the right back to the states as is uh, prescribed in the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. It's over. And, and what I think happened was women, and I, I said this a, f- a few weeks back, I said, look, we can all chat with our wives and, uh, and ask them what their thoughts and feelings are about the world, but whatever they do inside that, that voting booth, we can't control that anymore. Well, mm-hmm. not anymore, unfortunately. Right, women shouldn't be voting. That's we've said this forever. The suffrage act, yeah. obviously, Dan. Oh, yeah, suffrage. Dan, we're yeah, trying to repeal the suffrage, suffrage act. act. Yeah, uh, but but in all sincerity, that that's what appears what happened last night. Uh, and we said this a few weeks back as well about uh, Trump losing in 2020. It turned out to be him losing white suburban moms who ended up voting against him. Well, guess what? White suburban moms can control the fucking vote uh, all the way around if they want to. So clearly. They went out in some of these states and went Democrat. Some seats went Republican. I mean, you saw a lot of splits on some of these states last night that don't traditionally happen. Usually mm-hmm. somebody goes down and just goes R or D all the way down the box. Yep. And then, great, that's where I live. Georgia was one of them, right? So Kemp did quite a bit better than Herschel Walker did, yes. which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those were blank ballots or what happened, right? Yeah, and, and it even happened in places where you don't see it necessarily because the Republican won in both. But, like, for example, J.D. Vance, mm. tr- several points behind the governor, Republican governor who won Ohio. Yeah. Right. Um, well, for uh, DeWine ended up winning there, yeah. Not, yeah. not to shift gears, but I'm, I'm kind of curious about Pennsylvania, a, a state that I don't visit very well, often. Yet I, you had two Senate candidates yeah. that were spicy. To, to sure did. Fetterman won. Uh, Quado won. But he also had an extra person 
back here. So yeah, like, I don't know if Quato gets to vote. Can you I, register? I, it's not that I think all the votes counted doubly because you were voting for two people. Mm. Well, what was the what was that you movie that had the guy on the shoulder that like the little the alien head that was just popped? Well, up we're talking shoulder. about uh, Total Recall uh, with the alien that came out. The little baby that, that came out. That was Total Recall. Yeah. Right. I don't. I know what you're talking There's about. There's an 80. Remember, they yeah. were talking. I'm dating myself. I'm 51, so I'm I'm old. So I remember these movies where there was just a guy like, and he literally had like a little voice thing on his shoulder. I don't remember. You look great for 51. It's yeah. that Bub's Naturals dog. Way to go. Thank you. Uh, but Thank with you. that, Fetterman won. Uh, Democratic governor also won. Bob. I don't know his name. Uh, he wasn't sexy enough to really talk about last night's. But uh, all of Pennsylvania went blue. I don't understand last the Pen- night across the board. I don't understand the Pennsylvania one, like the the stupidity of American voters to vote on a wedge issue. That's nothing new. That happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially like, and I just want to reiterate how fucking stupid it is because it's unaffected at the federal level by the people that you voted for. Anyways, um, Oz wasn't anti-abortion. He made that pretty clear that that wasn't an issue for him, right? So well, he didn't wh- have a great answer. Yeah, his answer was that it's not my fucking business. It's between her and her fucking doctors. Right, right but he said local politicians in the debate, and it's like that's not a local politician's job yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, it is, though. Who? It's a state politician's job. States, but not local. Yeah, well, that's what he meant, obviously. Right, but anyways. He, state representative, state yeah, senator, yeah. like that. But but he like he's a clown, obviously, and he's not from there, and uh, uh, he's, uh, his intermingling with Trump was kind of weird. To be honest, maybe that cost him, but John Fetterman can't fucking think or speak properly, mm-hmm. and they still elected him over this other guy. It's, well, pretty, it's pretty interesting, to be honest. I think you, you, Trump was the one that got him into the race at all, because mm. uh, he still had to win a primary, which he did that, but it was because of Trump, so he had to ride that out regardless. Um, but the fact that you elected a brain-dead person to be in there, I got texts from friends in, who live in other states, and they're like, why did, that, why did that one happen? I can't figure out that one, and I was like... We have a brain-dead president, so does it really fucking matter at this point? Well, maybe like, they'll offset each other. Maybe together they're one brain, mm, right? Maybe. Mm. But um, in reality, they're more like those two old Muppets that are up in the fucking balcony talking shit, just senile assholes. Yeah, but in the meantime, if you're looking at that Pennsylvania race with Fetterman uh, last night, uh, that was the one that uh, Obama came back for, Hillary uh, oh, it was a hype fest. Uh, it was a full Kamala, hype fest. Biden, and the, even though they hate each other, every single person from the Democratic Party, uh, Ob- Obama came back for it, obviously, um, uh, came back for it to support their candidates. Right, but that you can't imagine that would be a large needle mover considering the unpopularity of both Biden and Kamala Harris. Like well, they're, extru- they're under 40% approval. We clearly uh, underestimated it because they won. Uh, and last night's results across the board proved that Trump did not help them. No. Um, Trump no, did not help no, no. most of the candidates that no. he put up last night. And uh, if you're looking at the numbers down in Florida, which a lot of people were because that was the very first state to report because it was such a fucking blowout last night. Ron DeSantis won 60 percent to 40 percent last night, and he won by one point five million votes. Yeah. You know what? What's really funny. You're you're not surprised at that. though. No, not at all. No. Not at all. He's what everybody wished Trump was. Right now, yeah. the same shit talking, but a more measured version of it. And mm-hmm. he like, that's what people want. It, Trump could have he would still be in office right now if he could keep his fucking mouth shut. And to be honest, I know with the the just fucking enormous ego he has, he's blaming everybody else right now. But it, this all these results are primarily his fault. Well, hang on. He was supposed to give a speech last night. Oh, yeah. Bet. And uh, mm-hmm. and he didn't. 
at the end because when you're looking at the numbers, he was like, oh, shit, all these guys are losing. What do I do now? He was also supposed to make an announcement to run for president in 2024 next week. I wonder if that gets pushed. And if you're looking at these numbers, and I am a Republican, and I've always voted Republican, me personally, uh, I love Trump. I loved him when he was in, and uh, I thought he, he made the correct decisions policy-wise. Didn't always necessarily agree with his message and how he delivered it to the people, in, in Twitter in, including. Um, I think it is time for the Republican Party to move on from Trump, go all in for DeSantis, and I think that's the candidate that can probably get you eight years. Trump yeah. could only get you four anyways. The other thing that we also said on the show forever, bitching about Biden, Biden ran at 78 years old. He's so out. with Trump, he, he, well, he's here, out. but here's the thing. Trump would be running at 78 years old as well. And then he's only got four years in there. Um, I think if DeSantis ran with a candidate like, uh, let's say, Tim Scott or mm. say Carrie Lake actually ends up winning this. It'll be Tim Scott. Um, either one. Mm-hmm. If he runs with either one of those candidates, I think that ticket is unstoppable for 2024. You probably get the House and the Senate if you don't get that back in the in the upcoming days. And that's probably our best shot at this yeah. moving so, forward. So, so, so pick up on that, that theme, right? And, and I talk about this a lot with, with groups of friends. You kind of have like, you identify as a Republican or a Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. And then let's say issue-wise, you go back 20 years. Go to the Wayback Machine. In fact, let's go to 90. Let's go when, when Clinton was getting blowjobs under the table. But, you know. 90 Bush was in there. Well, we're, we can go all the way back to Bush. Okay. We can go with Bush Sr. Yep. Then we can run into the Clinton years and go Bush mm-hmm. Jr. And you look at the issue differences then, mm-hmm. right? They were not the issue differences today where there's like fucking miles between. No, Newt Gingrich party. started all that shit in 94. Yeah. He, yeah. Oh, he stirred the pot for yeah. sure. Yeah. With the whole family, fu- for, or whatever the fuck it was called, family values tour. Yeah. No, that's, that was corn. No, that was corn. Um, yeah, that was corn. That was definitely yeah. corn. It was some family something. Um, can't remember what the, what it was called, but he yeah he started all this shit. He tried like he um, God, what is that fucking dude's name? Frank Luntz, I believe his name is. Is it Family First or First Family? I don't remember. But Bob, you can look that up. Frank on, Newt Gingrich Family something. Uh, Frank Luntz is a Republican media strategist, and he did this whole like six month long campaign to turn the word liberal into a bad word. Like that's how it started. Yep. Yeah. Well, so so my my point with that being is. Mm-hmm. You have this this issue separation that's not it's not massive, right? But so the Democrat, a middle of the road Democrat from the '90s, is effectively I look at them as a moderate Republican mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And if you're voting along what you were voting on then, your 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 Democratic Party just moved farther and farther and farther away from you, and all of a sudden the Republican Party just kind of expanded. But when you put Trump in that leadership role. He was so polarizing and he was so off-putting to so many people. It was a love or hate thing. Like mm-hmm. you're either like all down with his messaging program or you're not. So enter Ron DeSantis. And now you've got a guy who policy-wise covers a little bit of broader ground. Yep. And so you get the policy nod. <laughs> uh, even on the abortion issue, yeah, which, which I think is big. The, the, the 15 weeks, which is, is the pretty, most, that was pretty stock that's, standard that's before the, most, the Supreme Court overturned it's it. It's the most common in the world, actually. That's right. the average in Western and Northern Europe. Yeah. And Bingo. also, I want to say the number in the United States is like, even with Roe, up to 24 weeks or whatever, mm. something like 98% of abortions happen before the 15th week. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So, so, so now you've got a guy who suddenly... He can still be caustic. He can still poke. He can still be fiery. Mm-hmm. But, but he's a lot more appealing. Like he's, he just, he that's not well. his identity. That's something he does. 
to to he does it for effect sometimes, right? Ron DeSantis does. Trump, that's his identity. Yeah, that's who he is as a person. It's a fucking right. problem. Man. So who's more likable? Yeah, like who do you want to run the party? Uh, the answer I think was was pretty clear last night yeah. uh, that it's Ron DeSantis and it's not even close. Um, I heard one pundit last night on uh, CBS super late in the morning. I was up to about five a.m. going through all this stuff last night. Uh, had said this, and I, I want to ask your opinion on it. Um, he said the reason why Ron DeSantis won by one point five million votes is that a million people exited New York, the state of New York, and then moved to Florida uh, because they were tired of the policies there. And, they, and then they, that was the extra million there for Ron DeSantis. That's probably true, actually. So between the 2020 registration and the 2022 registration, uh, there was a 1.2 million flip right, mm-hmm. between Republican and Democrat registered voters in Florida. So well, that's probably, this, it's either that or people swapping parties. Okay. I'm going right. to go. I'm going to go with that. That massive influx. I mean, I know a half dozen people in my world that during COVID packed their bags up from San Diego and said, "I'm getting the fuck out of here." Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to Texas primarily. So, sorry guys. Or Florida. Um, and Florida was number two. Yeah. So I know three families that that locked in and did Florida, and two were from California. One of them, I think, came was like Utah or something. They were looking for the that that sense of freedom. Mm. And that is represented well in Florida. That's funny. So my, we just had him on the show a few weeks ago. My college roommate invented Four Loco. And uh, he came from Ooh. San Diego to Florida for that exact reason that you said. He was talking about on the show. Um, the exact same thing. He was just like, dude, I, I can't take this anymore. Like, yeah. My it, family. It's, it's rough. I mean, like, I... And he's not a hardcore the, Republican or anything. Like you don't you don't have to be. It's it, it's it can come down to economics. It can come mm. back down to cost of living. I mean, what I've watched happen property wise. I live in Encinitas, California. I live in North Oof. County, San Diego. Oof. It's beautiful, and but it's expensive. It is. It's quite nice. But if you bought your house twelve years ago, yeah, um, well, you're good. You know, you're good. <laughs> so I'm good. But it's not right that so many other people aren't good. And I'm watching my friends and I'm watching people around me and they're just completely priced the fuck out. And there is policy and there is economic stuff that's, that is all around us. I'm like, hey, man, this is, is this really the price of having a beach nearby? Mm-hmm. Is this worth it? There's beaches in Florida too. Mm. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot you know, in our house about raising our kids and where we want to raise them. And I love the outdoor access and the nature and like what we get out of Encinitas uh, you know, Heather jokes that in her industry, she works for Fox News in San Diego and she gets paid in sand dollars and sun dollars. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can't really cash those though. No, that, that's not good for the retirement can't. program. So you have this mass influx. So if you're looking at Florida voting and you're saying, oh, this used to be this great battle state and it's, it's, it's gone red. Yeah, I would say if I'm fed up living in a blue state and I can't affect policy and I don't like the direction it's going – you're going to pick wisely. There's yeah. a reason why Montana and you know, other spots have gotten this massive influx. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you look at those exfils, it's got to be a great graph that just shows half of California pouring out into Texas, Florida, yeah. So yeah. Now Montana. The, I mean, you can see it in real estate. Like yeah. all the real estate prices are through the roof then, because of that. The and ne- that kind of sucks too, though, oh, because yeah? that's affecting yeah. folks in those communities that up until this mass influx happened where it could be like, hey, maybe I want to upgrade my house now, and now they're not. They're just locked down because they can't. They right. can't afford to do anything. So else. the next logical step has got to be taking advantage of that, right? And you're not going to do it by just electing senators and congresspeople. You do it by 
giving your governor more power to take power away from the federal government, right? That's that's how federalism works, by the way. It's how it's supposed to work. Um, we're going to have to start doing something serious pretty soon, policy-wise, um, or or something in that area to to limit the federal government's power because it's getting weird now. You know what I mean? Like you, you're not. It's going to become inescapable at some point. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. And, and we have a fiat you, currency that's being run into the fucking ground while billions of our dollars are being sent overseas and shit like that in the middle of record inflation. This cannot continue. Yeah. Like this is not this there's this is not a business model that works. And no. sen- sending more money over to Ukraine is on the table currently right now uh, oh, yeah. for Biden and he's deciding on whether to do that. Um, which is fucking bananas. To well, me. they're they're floating that information because right now the State Department is trying to leverage Zelensky to start negotiating with Russia, and they're going to hold the money over his head until he does. Okay, my opinion. All right, that's that's just kind of what I'm reading the tea leaves from from the public. I mean, you can give up a couple thousand miles of industrial land and just kind of slide it over to Russia because you're never going to win the hearts and minds of that entire population. There's always going to be that dissent. No, it's like yeah. 70% Russian. Like, let yeah. them yeah. just yeah. go, redraw a border, <clears throat> walk away, everyone lives. I'm fine with it. We're, I mean, you know, I don't know we're, about We're them. also pleasantly removed from exactly. being in that territory and, you know. And we should be. No, I we mean, shouldn't they, have to fucking this, care about yeah, what goes on. Not my... My, uh, not my circus, not my monkeys. Exactly, phrase, I believe. But yeah, it's uh, it's Ukraine would have been smart to take the money we sent them and relocate all the actual Ukrainians that live in those areas into the center part of Ukraine, mm-hmm. right? And then say, all right, if you come any closer, we're gonna fucking start launching real weapons at you into your capital city, Moscow. Yeah, that, it, that would have been the right move. And but. if you are Zelensky, though, you got to think like you're getting a lot of these gains, at least what I'm reading, mm-hmm. what I'm going to report it. So he's like, you know, you get a little cocky once you, you start winning the They're blackjack crea- table. You keep going. Oh, yeah, you yeah, keep yeah. doubling down. Yeah. You keep doubling down. They're creating a little Frankenstein over there in the same way that we did with General Torejo and then Noriega after him in Panama back in the 80s, yeah. in the 70s and 80s. Like, we're fucking up big time in Ukraine right now. It's going to become a huge problem for us pretty soon. It will. There's a bunch of problems that are going to be uh, coming up for us pretty soon. But first, we got to decide who the fuck is our Senate and Congress. Um, which, you know, most of these states that are the uh, swing states have not uh, got all their ballots in yet. Yeah. So we're still we got another month of this shit to figure it out and then kind of go forward on, on some of these issues. In the meantime, if you're Ron DeSantis this morning and Donald Trump, what do you do and how do you go on about your your, your future here? Um, because I don't think Trump is going to just walk away from this. No, no, that ego doesn't allow for that to happen. No. Uh, if you're Ron DeSantis, you're waking up and you're just like, I am going to sip a glorious cup of coffee and I'm going to be dancing all day. He's feeling really good about himself. Um, but you don't think his, part of him is, is, is looking at 2024 now of like, all right. He was already looking at 2024. I, but now even more looking. so after last night. I mean, it is. Yeah. So he's is, dancing. I don't think that doesn't make him nervous. That doubles his resolve. That's him saying, I just took a huge step forward in, in my aspirations. Like, hey, he didn't commit to running his full term in Florida for a reason. And he's got a shot now. And he knows he's going to have to lock horns with Trump. And that's the only thing that should give him anxiety is that tension and like that, that battle. If you're Trump, yeah, you might be recalibrating, but man, that guy's gotten by his whole life on a lot of bravado and a lot of like push, push, push. Mm-hmm. So he's probably like rethinking right now. And then I just, you know, the only way he walks away from 2024 is if he's got some sense that he is the kingmaker 
and he can like scratch that part of the ego to allow mm. that to happen and feel like he's controlling, he's pulling those strings. Well, here's what can't happen for Trump in 2024, <laughs> in my opinion, especially after last night. He can't run against DeSantis and get beat because then all of this looks even worse. Oh, yeah. Um, going down. And I don't know that that would be great for his ego either. I guarantee you he's sitting in Mar-a-Lago right now looking at these numbers going, shit, how do I save this? Is there a call that he makes to DeSantis that says, hey, I will be the kingmaker. We can kind of reconnect. I'll give you my treasure chest full of money and uh, and help you out here. And then all the contacts and everything else. And uh, and then let's try to win 2024. Maybe slide me a pardon for any of this other fucking bullshit that's going on in these other states. Okay, so that's really good logic that I don't know that he can follow. I don't but either. I, you, what do you, you think, know? Dan? I think that... Uh... Jonathan in the chat here just said he's not sure DeSantis would run against Trump. I think he has to for the country. Like, it's not about you, guy. It's not about you and your future, and maybe it's going to be tough, and he's going to talk a lot of shit. That dude's got to fucking go. Trump has got to get the fuck out of here. Nobody wants this shit anymore. You know what I mean? And all, all these fucking conservative influencers out there on social media that are talking about oh DeSantis needs to get out of the way it's fucking it's not his turn his turn are you fucking kidding me that's the same shit Hillary Clinton said right is this the game we're fucking playing now well hang on they were saying it before last night's election I haven't seen anybody saying that today I mean I haven't heard anyone saying it's Trump's turn and, and it's 2024 I think a lot of Republican including all these social media influencers and everybody else is looking at last night's numbers going all right, fuck, man. I, I think there's a guy down there in Florida that we should probably switch to right now because mm-hmm. that's our best shot. Uh, and it's something you always say on this show, too, of um, who is the best candidate for the country, mm-hmm. not the personality. And uh, it's got to be DeSantis at this point. Um, so, yeah, if if um, it comes down to it and it's DeSantis versus Trump in the primary, I will actively for the first time in my life campaign hard for DeSantis and, and go after people who campaign for Trump. Because you're you're doing that because of your fucking stupid ego. That's so, the only thing it is. Yeah, we just I mean we just solved this one I, again. Everything you just said makes perfect sense. Line it up, play kingmaker, save face, get the pardon, get you know, wh- whatever you need to to protect yourself. Think legacy and long term. Don't think short term and ego. Mm. And all of a sudden the party builds momentum. It gets trust back. It gets a shit ton of people that are living in that middle that we talked about. To go, oh, thank God, I've got a viable option. Because if Biden runs again, everyone's going to be like, uh, yeah. shoot me in the fucking head. He's, he's not running again. No. No fucking way he runs again. And Kamala Harris is out, too. She's not going to run. Uh, I, I got I to pivot, though. You've got a chat there. So people are tuning in and mm-hmm. watching. Oh, yeah, we're live. Part of this we're, right live we're live right now. Can so, I yeah. offer a prize to someone for, for first answer? Go ahead. Yeah. All right. I don't know what I'm going to offer them. But first person to tell me Noriega's first name. Manuel, don't you, say it out loud, God asshole. God damn it. Oh, which Noriega? Not you. The real Noriega. Dave, he, he Dave mentioned Noriega. He owed me 100 yeah. favors. Yeah. You, yeah. Just, guess now, what? You win the prize. You just <laughs> robbed your entire audience. Why would Manuel Noriega come up today? Because he just brought it up. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that was, was a little dime he dropped. I'm like, I'm not letting that go. That's good history right there. I didn't know which Noriega you were referring to. Okay. There's yeah. only the one. Not the drug dealer. By the way, I want Yeah, to... he was the drug dealer. Yeah. And the president Same of guy? Panama. Yes. Okay. okay, okay, okay. So what happened yeah. was there was a guy who we installed named Torejo, right? Who was uh-huh. the president of Panama. He was a dictator, a piece of shit. And then um, we, he fell out of a fucking helicopter, you know, which happens sometimes. Sure. Maybe the agency was involved. It's hard to say. Well, seatbelts are also important. Yeah. Um, 
And then we installed Manuel Noriega. And I don't know if you, you know who Ollie North is, right? Yes. Remember all the guns yeah, and yeah. drugs? Uh, the, the, the Iran-Contra affair. All the guns yep. and drugs uh, that were being, you know, exchanged for money and, and guns uh, uh, and, and such back then. Yeah, he was involved in all that. He was selling drugs. And then we fucking, after he did his service for us, we arrested him and put him in federal prison for the rest of his life. Right. Okay. Oops. Yeah. He's, that's, that's, uh, that's how we operate, unfortunately. Well, well that's, I, I, it's, I, a, it's amazing that anybody trusts the United States yeah, at all. Yeah. Our foreign partners, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, you open a briefcase full of cash, everyone looks a little more trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Don't Fire they? everywhere. I brought well, one. It's just sitting on the is outside. It, well, how much you got there? 30, 40 bucks. Ah, yeah, it's not going to do it. Uh, go ahead and let me know that's that. By the way, speaking of cash, I want to talk just jump back into something real quick that Rossi said earlier about Trump opening up his war chest to DeSantis um, as a kingmaker or whatever. Uh, Donald Trump's PAC, Make America Great Again PAC, gave $2.3 million in Ohio and $3.4 million in Pennsylvania to Vance and Oz. Uh-huh. And uh, McConnell's PACs put a combined $89 million into those races. Wow. Whoa. That's a lot of money. So let me ask you this, Bob. Was he... I don't know how much is in his uh, treasure trove or whatever we're calling it there. Do you think he was saving it for his own reelection for 2024? I think it could be that. Could be he's cheap. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. He's, maybe he's not flush. Maybe he doesn't got it. <laughs> not liquid yeah. right now. Yeah, It'd maybe. Put a lot of it in crypto. Bad yeah, bad there. decision there. Mm. Crypto's down. Maybe it's, it's buying season crypto. Right now. It is definitely not. Buy, it's it is not. You it's, got that liquid. It's buying season. Bro, it is definitely not, my man. You had some good 17 to 20% drops. You just got to get there. Right? Get Come on. <laughs> Buy the dip. Buy yeah. the dip. That's like saying uh, because the ship is sinking, it's time to jump on. That doesn't make any sense. There's a, there's a difference, right, between buying the dip and fucking setting yourself on fire. You know, I've never been one to give good advice. No. So if anyone's listening to me, you should he's, probably He's not. wearing your hat, by the way, right? Drive it like you stole it. Yeah. That's financial advice right there. Yeah. That, right there, you are wearing financial advice. I'm drive not sure it like you stole it. his insurance company would agree I, with that. I wore this hat to buy my car to test drive it. Nice. And then the, the lady said something about it, and I was like, eh, it's a good well, hat. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah, what are you going to do? That, uh, that, it's a comfortable hat. Sure is. Flexi brim. I mean, you know. Yeah. So I model. This is a test hat just to see if I want to make one of these too. Okay. Just, you know. Put a little bill in there. I put a little thing. Put a little structure structure in there. So a guy like me, it looks looks terrible. It's a running hat. I know. I've got a big head though. Oh. I've got a monstrous head. You have the perfect size head. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm working on that. Yeah. And that's, I don't even mean that in a homosexual way. No, just. Um, Because I'd tell you how sweet your cock was too. But if I, yeah, sure Mm. would. I mean, we're on Patreon. Yeah, we are on Patreon. So it doesn't matter. We can kind of say whatever we want. Man, you've got a beautiful hog. I can say whatever the fuck you want on this. Are you kidding me? Freshly shorn. You yeah, know? are you? No. Manscaped? Uh, absolutely. There you go. Yeah, I mean, why buy from another brand if you want to, like, Promo code Drinking Bros, 20% off there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of promo codes, we have one for your uh, your product as well. Obviously, Bub's Naturals. Uh, been on the show for a while. We are all gigantic fans here. Um, when did you start that company? Uh, and, and tell the audience why. We've told them in the ad reads, obviously, yeah. but uh, it's a lot more personal uh, coming from you, I'm um, sure. So it's actually really funny because it's tied back to a conversation loosely that was had right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd never been on a podcast before. And, well, actually, let me back up a step. 
So my best buddy growing up in Winchester, Massachusetts, was a guy named Glenn Bub Doherty. Mm -hmm. And Glenn Doherty and I were, like, best friends in high school. Uh, Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Like, really close. And Glenn and I took off. We dropped out of college together. So it was like, ah, you know, school's for fools. Let's go be professional athletes. And literally, we loved skiing and snowboarding. So dropped out of college, moved to Utah. And we're like, yeah, I'm going to be – Glenn was like, I'm going to be a pro skier. And I'm like, I'm going to go become a professional snowboarder. Mm Sean, real quick, we got some sponsors. You know that, dude. Your your product is on the show, Sean. Bubsnaturals.com, promo code Drinking Bros, 20% off that. Collagen duck, you know. Got to get that MCT oil. You know we got to use these promo codes to get our listeners some discounts, including our title sponsor, ghostbed.com, forward slash Drinking Bros. Two free pillows with a mattress right now, and it's going to get... 30% off. 30% off right there. Boom. Pillows are just as good as the goddamn mattress. Uh, when you buy a mattress, you're automatically getting two free pillows there at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Uh, great deal. And you can fill up the cart. You can get sheets. Uh, you can get the weighted blanket. You can get the cover. All the things in there. Stock it all the way to the top, and you get 30% off with the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout there. Now, if you want 40% off, you got to get that bundle package, dog. That's the adjustable base and the mattress combined together. Uh, once you have it, you can never go back. I've had it for about three years. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things in this life. They've also got a split <coughs> king option, excuse me, and uh, that'll kind of split the bed in half. So if your partner Wants to go to sleep and you want to stay up and watch TV, you can do that. Or you can just get it all combined in one. Comes with a remote control, USB ports, flashlights, you name it. You're good to go at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. When you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you're going to see a 60-month pay-as-you-go program. No interest as long as you have decent credits. So head on over there and click that box. All the deals that I mentioned are applicable with that. You can walk out of there with a brand new bedroom set for about 25 bucks a month. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we got buyraycon.com. You're going to use the promo code drinking15 on that one to get 15% off your Raycon headphones, dude. Love these guys. Um, man, how many... How many would you say you have, D'Anthony? I got about three pairs at my house, I think. Um, I have five, including the headphones, yeah. the gaming headphones. And I've just got the new gaming uh, earbuds, and they're loud as shit. That's what, that's what you were saying yeah. when you walked in the office. They're really nice. Yeah. Um, so if you're out there and you're looking for cheap, affordable headphones that, that are high quality, I'm going to be honest, man, I've had Beats by Dre and all that bullshit in the past, and like the quality in, in Raycons... It's no goddamn different. Might as well get it for under a hundred bucks, dude. You can listen to you know podcasts, audiobooks, music, video games. Like Dan was saying, they're great. Uh, Raycon's everyday earbuds, earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They've got these optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge. Trust me, Raycons give you eight hours of playtime. 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You'll get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. 
Um, they've got uh, the earbud tap functions that include three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Best in the biz, dude. Love these guys. Great to work out in or just chill out around the house. Uh, or if you're writing like myself every night, they're great. Uh, go to Raycon.com. Sorry, buy Raycon.com today and use code DRINKIN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code DRINKIN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Go to buyraycon.com, code DRINKIN15 over there to get 15% off your headphones. We got mybookie.com, promo code DRINKINBROS, double in that first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Man, I was off this weekend. I hope to get back on this weekend. Head on over to Drinking Bros Sports and uh, and check out our picks in college this week, in the NFL this week. We got Mattress Mac on the show, fresh off his $75 million win on the Houston Astros that joins us on the NFL Pick'em Show. Uh, and if you need to reload, you got to reload. I had to reload this weekend. Go to mybookie.com. Use promo code Drinking Bros which will double your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Ton of stuff to gamble on this weekend. College football, UFC, NFL. It's going to be jam-packed full of action. Head on over to mybookie.com. Use that promo code DRINKINGBROS to double your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Last but not least, hardafseltzer.com. We are live in Florida. If you want to see it in your bars, restaurants, convenience stores, what have you, You can hit up Sunshine State, which is our uh, distributor down there, or you can email info at hardafseltzer.com, and we will try to get it to your bar and or restaurants as quickly as possible. 500 cases were just ordered uh, this morning to go to the state of Florida, so we got plenty down there. Uh, Just hit up Sunshine State Distribution or hit us up at uh, info at hardafseltzer.com. Uh, and let us know what your uh, restaurants are, your stores, your convenience stores, all that stuff, and we'll get it to you. And, of course, we are live in Tennessee right now in over 100 stores. And we also ship to 41 states. Go to hardafseltzer.com today. Check out your store locator. Uh, pop in your zip code or your city. That will take you to uh, directly to the store via Google Maps, or we will ship it to your house. Go to hardafseltzer.com today. And we took off. Spent five years in the mountains, 24 years old, turning 25. All of our friends have graduated from college. Now, we grew up in a suburb in Massachusetts where it was like it is baked into you that you go to college, you get your career, you start your family, like you do the things. So like when I told my mom that I was going to drop out of college to become a snowboarder, wasn't good. You know, that wasn't like a positive experience. Glenn had the same thing with his family. They're just like, you're going to do what? Mm-hmm. And we're turning 24 and we're kind of taking stock in where we are. I got lucky. It was a great time to be in snowboarding. I got a full ride. I got all the endorsements and the sponsorships and the cool shit, and I was traveling the world. And Glenn hadn't made it on the ski side. But he was like, I'm going to give it one more year. But if I turn 25 and I haven't made it as a pro skier, I'm going to join the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. I'm like, you're going to do fucking what? I was going to say, what, like, what do you say to that when your best friend says that? Well, it, that actually, it wasn't like it was controversial with me. I was just more like, what? Where the fuck did this idea come from? Well, for me, I think like most civilians, when you hear Navy SEAL, and I'm going to become a Navy SEAL, yeah. it sounds so unachievable yes. and so unbelievable that you're like, all right, sure, man. That's like saying I'm going to go you know, against LeBron in the NBA. Like, that's, 
it's that rare. It's true, but but also now I'm going to go back in time. This is in 1994. So we're like talking Charlie Sheen movie on VHS was our research on this whole Navy SEAL idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. It was like, wait, 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 you're going to do what? So Glenn had gone to Costa Rica that summer and he went sur- on surfing with a bunch of our ski bum buddies and he met a couple of Navy SEALs while he was down there and they got in his head and they, they said, hey, you could do this. Like you, you got what it takes. And so he came back and, you know, it's not that he was pumped up. He was just inspired. He was like, man, like I hadn't considered this. Mm. And it wasn't like he grew up like overly patriotic, like I want to serve my country. This was about what am I made of? Mm-hmm. The skiing thing was what am I made of? The challenges, the, you know, the stuff that we wanted to put ourselves through, and that was why we were such close friends, was we were just looking at the world a little bit differently and was like, well, I want to go jump off the biggest <laughs> cliff I can find and land. I want to go and navigate some hairy terrain and make it work. And that was like that thrill was baked into it. So Navigate heavy terrain like banging an old lady. Yeah, right. They, I, Harry Train. Yeah, Harry, Harry, Harry Train. Harry Train. They yeah. didn't have Manscaped back then. Sure didn't. No. Sure or Femalescaped for that matter. No, they didn't have any of them. Um, no. There's a market, though. Yeah. Um, so, Brush so fire. anyways, Glenn doesn't make it as a skier. I drive him to the Navy recruiter. Next thing you know, he's signing his paperwork, uh-huh. going to basic. And eight months later or nine months later, something like that, a year later, I'm, I'm going to his buzz graduation. No way. And, and all of a sudden, like, you know, my best buddy's getting pinned. And I was late. To be clear, I didn't make it down to Coronado on time. We were like, you were late here too, so that that might be a common theme in your life. Yeah, there's a pattern. Sure, 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 sure. Um, So you could imagine what it looks like: like three ski bums from Utah with long, shaggy hair roll on to the grinder where like the ceremony's happening, and it's like right when Glenn's up there, he's just shaking his head at us. Uh, But he served ten years, uh, you know, in West Coast, you know, SEAL Team Three, and he got out of the Navy in 2006, and he started contracting. And along this time, every time he was home, it was like getting the band back together. Like, mm. you know, he's my best friend. So he would like be deployed in Iraq, comes home from the war. We'd go fly out to Utah and go skiing for a couple of weeks. Right. It was awesome. Yeah. And then the last couple of years he was alive, we were roommates again. Like he got a divorce. I got a divorce. Two single guys turning 40, living in Encinitas, and he was contracting for GRS. Mm-hmm. So that's how we knew Evan Hafer. Right. Um, so he... He had all these great adventures, but he was like gone for three months, home yeah. for three months. He was on this cycle. And once again, from 25, when you're like, what are you going to do with your life? Oh, I'm going to join the Navy, become a Navy SEAL. I had my vision and, and path. I was like, I'm going to be a professional snowboarder. I'm going to use my snowboard money to pay for college. And then I'll figure out a career after that. And I marched down my path. Glenn marched down his. But we always had these intersect points. So I ended up getting a job that moved me. To Encinitas. Okay. So it was, it was great. Like I got recruited to live, you know, 30 minutes down the road from my buddy who's in Coronado. Then he buys a house in Encinitas and we're just that much closer. Then he gets a divorce and we're roommates again. Um, anyways, Glenn was one of the SEALs who was killed in Benghazi, Libya. Yeah. So 9-11-2012, Hillary Clinton makes a bunch of fucked up bad decisions. Um, I can say that here, right? You can say literally whatever you want in this fucking so, show. So the whole... We don't have to rehash all of what happened in Benghazi, but bottom line is a bunch of Americans were left in the lurch, and Glenn was part of a response team. Glenn wasn't in Benghazi. Glenn was in Tripoli. Okay. Mm -hmm. So while you got Ty Woods and the other operators that were there, the survivors of 13 hours were all on the ground in Benghazi. They're all in the CIA annex. They go over and grab all the Americans that are over at the State Department complex, because the State Department's the ones that 
were the ones under attack. CIA bails them out, takes them back to the annex. All the while, the CIA group in Tripoli, not the State Department, gather up a crew. Glenn is in the middle of all of that. Grab a plane, fly the couple of hours to Benghazi, mm-hmm. make their way over after a bunch of horseshit locally to the CIA annex, start fighting the bad guys, and Glenn and Tyre killed on that rooftop. Where were you when you found out? Um, so I was Glenn's listed next of kin. So I was that first you know, phone call. Um, I was at the gym. I was at the CrossFit gym. I was at my buddy Danny Miller's gym. I did like some noon workout. I went to bed that night and I had heard that there was some skirmish going on mm. in some spot in Libya. And I'm like, Glenn's in Libya. But Libya's a big country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I shot Glenn a note because we kept in touch while he was on these deployments. I'm like, yo, man, be safe over there. Like, you know, don't know what's going on. I had no idea that he was in the fight. Um, I wake up the next morning. It's on the news a little bit more. But this is when the whole kind of misinformation, like no one really knew what the hell was happening. Right. Um, I go to the gym and then I'm leaving the gym and... I see a phone call from an 858 number, and that's semi-local in San Diego, but I would never answer a phone call from a number I wouldn't know. I just kind of generally screen mm-hmm. it, and if they leave a voicemail, it's legit. Um, and there's that little voice in my head said, answer that call. So I answered it, and it was, is this Mr. Lake? Yes. I need you to return to your home at 165 Rodney right away, like, you know, my home address, and I'm just like, Oh shit! They didn't say what it was about. They didn't say really who they were, or I don't remember that. Okay. I remember just hanging up the phone, sitting in my truck for a minute, and being like, "Ah, oh, fuck." And and it was like I knew, but I didn't know. Like I didn't want to know. And I drive home, you know, ten minute drive, and just like in the fucking movies, there's two black SUVs parked in front of my house, and a couple guys get out in their black suits, and I just walk up, and I'm like, "How bad is it?" And they just broke it down. I mean, with as much information as they had, they're like, you know, Glenn, Glenn died. He died saving lives. Like they gave me a little bit of something to hold on to that made me feel really proud and, and good in that shitty, shitty moment. Um, and then, like, you know, we have another car parked outside of Barbara Doherty's house, Glenn's mom. But, you know, you're, we have to ask you to, to go and talk to her. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, go. Like, let her know. And that just everything in my life as an adult really shifted at that point. I mean, there's monumental shifts you have Mm -hmm. in life. Like you get married, you get a divorce, you have different careers, but Glenn was a brother. We had lived together on and off since we were 16 years old. Like, you know, like we just had so many shared life adventures and viewpoints. And, you know, when we, before he died, like we had this big moment of like, okay, you know what? Like we're here, we are turn 40. Like, we should probably do our wills, like do all this proper stuff and like yeah. did all the legal paperwork together. Like you get all my debt, you get all my debt. I want you in charge of my shit. Like yeah. you normally it's your brother or your sister or like a very close relative and Glenn very purposefully was like, no, no, I want, I want you to run that show. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not like you're ever going to die. Like mm. we're fucking immortal. Yeah. 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 And, um, it turns out I, I was wrong about that. And, it, it just, everything just changed in that moment. So you get that call and this is call to action, right? Like I have to let everyone know. You go into planning mode, you go into like what's going to happen. And then the optics, like it's a very big national event and the spotlight was all over this thing mm-hmm. and the stink was everywhere. And it didn't take very long for the, the U.S. government's fuck-ups to become apparent, right? Which cl- that clouds the issue a little bit because people yeah. get... Not just emotional about Glenn and Ty, 
dying, but about the politics involved, right? So, 100%. especially the dudes who had just come back, uh, Tonto and all these dudes that yeah. have just come back, were not thrilled with how things happened. Obviously, no. Right? I mean, what the fuck? They were they were left in the lurch. Like yeah. they were. I mean, that's a really polite way of saying they got fucking hung out to dry. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm friends with Tonto now. Mm. Like it, it it took a few years for us to connect up and. Yeah. You know, like I, I value him as a straight shooter. Like he's he's had his experiences yep. over there, and and he survived. And you know, when I when I look at that, I was fueled by kind of like take some action. So the immediate action wasn't that that anger and frustration that right. was born from that. It, it was far more the very immediate legacy around Glenn. And I mean, it was a absolutely transformative experience for me because up until that point, I'd never dealt with a level of tragedy where I was almost like, you know, in a role where I was making decisions that were going to affect that legacy. And some things were very easy. Mm -hmm. Glenn's dead. Glenn struggled with his transition from active duty military, from being an operator to civilian life. Okay, we should start a foundation and help other operators ease in that transition, primarily with scholarships, like easy attainable things, like help someone fill gaps in the GI Bill. That, you know, that's something you and I talked about yep. years ago. That felt good then. It feels good now. Like, it, it's up and doing its thing. And it's what he would have wanted, too, right? Dude, like that's, it, that, no that's who he is. Like, a dude doesn't get a phone call and organize a fucking giant military force with his own, not, with no help from anybody to walk into a goddamn firefight outnumbered 1,000 to 1, unless he's, that's the kind of person he is, right? Yeah, and, uh, and for you personally, and I guess for Glenn's mom, um, you know, initially you don't know really all the details no. of what happened. So what was it like for you guys as the years have gone on, the more and more information you found out about what actually transpired? Were you guys more angry? Were you more proud of what, what he actually stayed and tried to do, like Dan said? So what Dan said I think is worth touching on. I, I kind of gloss over it sometimes because I get this insider baseball stuff. Mm. Glenn did a couple of things from Tripoli before he had like the permission to go. Yeah. Number one was you got to find a plane. So the State Department, or, or no, I guess the CIA had loaned out their airplane. Like they didn't have a plane mm. handy, and normally there's a plane around. So Glenn literally tried calling his bank in the United States from Tripoli to arrange to wire money over so that he could grab a private plane to lead whoever was willing to fucking go like, you want to go, you want to go, let's go. No permission, no like official government position. He was willing to leverage his own cash. I fucking love that story because that shows that dedication to his brothers and his dedication to his friends. And he had that his whole time. He was there to lay down everything to help others. Mm -hmm. And he didn't end up needing to do that. They found a plane. You know, they, the CIA group, had organized with Glenn, you know, a couple Delta guys and, and, and whoever else was around to jump on that plane to head into that fight. You imagine that you're flying for two hours on a plane and you know you're going into the shit. Mm -hmm. Resolve never stopped. They didn't turn the plane around. They didn't say, this is a bad idea, guys. We might not make it back. Right. They doubled down. And I, you know, I take great pride that someone that I was so close with made the right decision. And God willing, if I'm tested, I make the right decision. And you go to aid your friends. You go to that, that fight. I'm incredibly proud of that. That hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. 
the idea of the ineptitude of members of the State Department and the decisions that were made that stalled out that whole process for that 13 hours plus, Mm -hmm. yeah, the more details I got just reinforced that. And then it's the same thing that happened in Afghanistan, right? The withdrawal was run by the fucking State Department. And if there's any question after the last 10 years of exactly how incompetent these motherfuckers are, then you haven't been paying attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we had friends uh, also charter planes over mm-hmm. to Afghanistan to help people out, and they yep. were on the show uh, a, high, a few months ago. You're talking high, the pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I donated to that through GoRuck. I, like, I just uh, okay. threw yeah. some cash in there. Yeah. Jason McCarthy, he's a, he's a buddy, and I really like his program. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he jumped up and said, you want to earn a patch the right way? I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck yes. Yeah. And you don't really always know where your money's going to. But that's an example of you putting your money that you've earned in your job into just good causes. Yeah. Um, and then, so, yeah, as this uh, continues, because it doesn't, it doesn't end, no. by the way. Like, uh, a movie comes out. Yep. Um, I'm assuming if, if you did the will, because this is the first time you and I have chatted in, in real life. Um, if you did the will, you probably had to sign off on his life rights for the movie. Interesting story. Um, so there's a couple things that happened publicly and privately around this. So when Glenn died, it was very public, right? Mm-hmm. And so I immediately had some actions to take. This is before the movie concept has, has come out. And one of them was to deal with the life insurance policy mm-hmm. that all government contractors are required to have to serve overseas. And... Glenn did exactly what he was told. And I found a copy of his policy. Like I had his email password to, you know, get into his computer. And, you know, I was able to look at that and say, okay, well, he has this insurance policy with a group called Rutherford Insurance. And the CIA makes him get this comprehensive life insurance policy to serve overseas. So then I got to call those guys up and say, hey, um, you know, Glenn died. Here's, I've got his, all of his forms to Mm -hmm. share with you to put up for whatever the life insurance benefit is. And then my whole plan was get that life insurance benefit, close out Glenn's estate. I had a plan to give all that money to his mother, his brother, and his sister, and then save a quarter of it for the cult of recreationalism. Mm -hmm. Keep a fund of money for having fun and throwing parties, because that was what Glenn's directive was in his will. It was, don't worry about anybody else. That's mine as well. Jared Taylor, you know Jared. He's the executor of mine, and it's just he has to do fucked up shit with the money, Yep, basically. And the body. It is. And the body. That's serious. Um, Uh, No, I mean, he wants his body thrown in a fucking dumpster, so... Uh, or what was the other one? You were uh, fired sh- out of a cannon into a brick wall, and then you make uh, uh, a print out of the splatter pattern. Yes. Oh, nice. So he wants artwork done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I actually think that would be dope. Yeah. It's not bad. Jackson Pollock. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Something just like that. Just don't embalm first because they no, need no, that no, kind of no, flexible. No, no. There won't be anything left to embalm, probably. No, probably not. Um, probably not. Yeah, he may be throwing a bucket against the wall by the um, time I'm gone. So what happens that's after that's that? that? So, so, and I, I'm sorry, this kind of jumps all over the place, but. So while this is happening, I hit a wall. So Rutherford says no. Like, ah, sorry, he doesn't qualify for the death benefit. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This guy just served his country and died overseas. Yeah, well, according to the Defense Base Act, this archaic piece of legislation written in the 1940s, he doesn't qualify. So I'm like, doesn't fucking qualify. And so I, I read the Defense Base Act, which is not fun reading. And there's specific literature in there that if you are not married with dependents, it doesn't trigger that death benefit. You're kidding me. So he literally got denied. So I'm now, now I'm pissed. Mm, so yeah. yeah, the 13 hours thing is starting to take shape. 
over here. Yeah. I'm not even looking at that. I'm just trying to get this motherfucker, like, get this insurance company to do the right thing. So, did you get a lawyer? I got a lawyer, um, and I we got approached by a, a law firm called KNL Gates. Um, you might know the Gates name. Yep. And they said, hey, like, you know, we're going to represent you pro bono, and we recognize that you've got a tough fight ahead of you. And I said, okay, well, like, let's talk about what this looks like. What, are the, what does this look like in the very immediacy? I'm living in the immediate. I'm not thinking legacy long-term yet. Well, I have to sue the U.S. government. Me, Sean Lake, yep. gets to put his name on in federal court, and I get to drive down to San Diego and sue the U.S. government and Rutherford Insurance. And I sit down to do, I did it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a Google search. Um, Hopefully it's buried by now. I don't fucking know. It was the scariest. One of the second most scary thing that I've, I've done, like kind of professional. I'm like, I'm putting my name on this. This is scary. And we went after Rutherford to pay the benefit. And I sat down with the judge and the judge, you know, goes and reviews everything. And I, you know, the attorney and I, this guy, Michael Mortensen, and we're looking at this entire landscape. And he's like, you're not going to win this. And the attorney says, you know, the Defense Base Act is written the way it's written. And... This is the wrong thing to do. So they actually went to Rutherford and they're like looking them in the eyes in this small little courtroom saying they're like, you really should consider doing the right thing here. But legally, like I'm, I can't stop you from doing this. And I'm just like, fuck, we lost. All right. Well, I took a swing. Like I had to do that. Yeah. And I took that same energy. And I said, well, how do we, if I can't win that, how do I prevent this from the future? All right, next stop. Let's see if we can get a meeting with the CIA. And so... While this all while the congressional hearings are happening, so I fly out to D.C. a couple of times, and one time was to sit down with CIA Director John Brennan. I got a meeting with him. I'm like, oh fuck, okay. So Kate, Glenn's little sister, and I get in the room with Brennan, and I'd lost the lawsuit. I already knew that, but I was like, I can at least appeal to common sense and and, and good intention and decency. Mm-hmm. So I sit down with this guy, and it, you know, it's a quick meeting, but we're kind of like, you know, sniffing each other out a little bit. And I just said, hey, you know, you have an opportunity to do the right thing here. And I would encourage you to look at that because think of the optics on this one if you don't. Mm-hmm. And if I start talking to members of the press, what do you think they're going to think when they think about Barbara Doherty, Glenn's mom? And I'm like, holy fuck. I just threatened the director of the CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, <laughs> fucking be cool. And Brennan looked at me and he said, we'll look into it. That's it. That's all he said. Got up, left the room. I'm sweating bullets. We get out of there. I'm having an oh shit moment. Like uh-huh. the second scariest thing I've done. First, I try and sue the US government and I lose. Then I threaten the director of the CIA by, you know, talking about going on media blitz and the attorneys with KNL Gates are like, well, that, that was the card to play. So now the movie comes out, right? Now I'm going to shift Wait, gears. So you, you know, you said before that you'd hope if you get put in that situation, you would stand up for your buddy, but it sounds like you already did. Yeah. From, from my perspective. I, I, I guess I didn't really, yeah, I don't really think of it like that. I, I was, I, I did what I feel like I would do. And I, I, but that's what Glenn did, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Glenn did. So you did the same thing for your best friend. Yeah. Um, and then the movie comes out. So then, so then the movie's being made. So the 13 hours thing happens. Now, at the exact same time that that's happening, 
I get a phone call from Relativity Media. You guys, do you guys remember Relativity? Mm -hmm. Sure do. Ryan Cavanaugh. Yeah, Ryan He's Cavanaugh. been on the show. He's Triller now. Oh, no shit. He owns right, Triller. So, he was on uh, last year. Yeah. So, so Robbie Brenner, who's a famous producer who produced this movie called The Dallas Buyers Club. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very familiar. McConaughey a, won his Oscar for yeah. it. So did Jared Leto, yep. everyone else. Yes. All right. So, so I get a phone call. Can you go up and meet with Robbie Brenner? Mm. And I sit down and I start telling her Glenn stories. And I'm like, oh my God, funniest guy. Like, you know, just waxing about all the wacky shit we did in our 20s. And she's just like, you know, and then I talked a little bit about his transition out of active duty and like why he was contracting. And like, you know, why does anyone contract? That money's fucking kryptonite. You go from making. 60 grand a year to $200,000 a year. It's, yeah. it's a hard job to give up. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I really want to make a movie about Glenn. Like, what? I want to make a movie about Glenn a and Ty. Okay. And I introduced her to Dorothy Woods, who was Tyrone's widow. And Dorothy and I had kept in touch. And I'm like, do I need like an entertainment lawyer? So yes, you do. I actually got like, the life rights to Glenn, I sold those rights to Relativity Media to make a movie about Glenn, and they were going to hire the producer from Captain Phillips uh -huh. to make the movie. Yeah. And because they were on, they both won their academies around the same time, so they were all homies. And next thing you know, I'm doing these writer meetings. Uh, this guy named Matthew Sands wrote the script, and like we're on the path. Then an article pops, and it's like, who's going to make the movie first, Bruckheimer or. Um, or, you know, relativity. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like 13 hours versus relativity. And so then there's that battle back and forth. And they were w way ahead of us. I never got a phone call from 13 hours. So I was like, well, I wouldn't expect that. Like, we're doing our own thing over mm -hmm. here. And what I liked about it was that they kept referring to the movie as an opportunity to tell Glenn's story. Not a war movie. They're like, we're not making a war movie. We're making a story about Glenn and Ty and their journey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. I, I, I wasn't as interested in, you know, the, the, the classic fucking blow it up movie. I was interested in tell a complex story about a human who had a complex story and try and do it well. I can get behind that. Dorothy could get behind that. So they started writing the script and putting it together and then relatively uh, files for bankruptcy. Yep. Whoop. Okay, yeah. that yeah. ends that. Get a phone call from Robbie, which was great. She called me and she said, um, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Sorry, I'm getting a different job. I'm out of here. And I'm like, so what happens? And you know, the <clears> life <throat> rights revert back. Next thing you know, um, I get a phone call from a girl named Kelsey Beiser, who is, uh, I think she's married or engaged to uh, Anthony Arbito, mm. you know, from um, yeah. Half Face Blades. Yeah. And I had no idea what the connection was, but she's like, hey, so um, we just made a movie and Glenn's featured in it. And I'm also a little bit pissed off that they never called. So I'm like, don't you think you could have sent Glenn's mom flowers or something? Because yeah. you're, you're going to make this movie. So they never did. <clears throat> then they made the movie and they invited me to the premiere. And um, No money, no life oh, rights. No, no, nothing. No nothing. likeness, nope. no nothing. Nope. They didn't have to because they only use Glenn's character in the context of the historical significance. Same thing with Dorothy. Like, Roan was a major character in the film, but like this was just, they just did this on their own. So, and there was some stink around that that I, I'm not. Well, you can avoid the paying of. all the fees from. So, this happened uh, with Clint Romachet, mm -hmm. uh, buddy of ours. Yeah, the exact Tapper, yeah. same thing happened to him. Two different movies, two different spots. One went first, Jake yeah. Tapper's went. Uh, same thing. You can file under the historical 
bullshit yep. and then uh, get it made, not have to pay anybody yep. for their life rights and just exploit their story and their military so, career. So I was pretty pissed. And I wasn't mad about the money. I did, this wasn't a money thing for me because, you know, Glenn, in the context of their story, was on the supporting side. So I, I kind of got that. But I'm like, there's a decency play where you call the mom. You write her a letter. You send flowers. You do something to show your appreciation. And that wasn't done. So so I lit her up pretty hard. And I, you know, I, I kind of felt bad afterwards. But I was in the moment. I'm, just like, I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, you're telling me now you're inviting me to this premiere? So did you go? So I didn't go to the main one. They did one in Dallas at like the Cowboy Stadium mm-hmm. with a big band mm-hmm. playing. It was like a huge yeah, we big remember. event. Yeah, yeah. Um, Heather, my wife, was eight months pregnant. And then they came to um, they came to San Diego and did a small premiere at a movie theater in Coronado. Mm-hmm. So we went to that one. <clears throat> and I met Kelsey there and she was incredibly nice and polite. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm sorry I yelled at you. And I appreciate it after the fact. Like, you recognize that mistakes were made. You acknowledge those mistakes. And that's all you can really ask mm-hmm. from someone. So she tried to do the right thing. Now, the director, um, fuck, what, what, what is the Transformers director that everyone. Michael Bay. Thank you. Yep. So Michael Bay's there. And I forgive Kelsey. And I'm like, hey, this is okay. But my wife didn't. And so here you have this eight-month pregnant woman with a giant belly. And Michael Bay comes up and says, hey, I really wanted to just meet you and, and just say, you know, how happy we are with, you know, with this product and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, the next time you want to make a movie about a dead guy, you might want to send some flowers. And he looks at me and he's just like, huh? Like, it, can't someone just said something not blowing sunshine up his ass? Right. And then my wife leans into him. And I mean leans into him. Like, the belly is leaning up against Michael Bay. And she's like, you really should be thinking about this. Like, you know, you should get your crew together and figure it out. Like, you don't do stuff like this. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm pulling my wife back away from him because she's tearing him a new asshole. Yeah. I was incredibly proud of her. She was so hot that night. Um but yeah, the movie got made, no money changed hands, and the popularity peaked, you know, like it, and people ask me all the time, should I watch this movie? Yeah, it, factually, it covered it, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and they, they left those questions lingering around, like, why the fuck was everyone left in the lurch like that? And I thought that was a good job to, like, get you thinking and hopefully change some policy in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, why the fuck did that happen? It didn't. How do we fix it? We didn't fix it. No, we did not fix it. As you can see from Afghanistan, we made it worse. But you yeah. know who did fix it? And, and this is kind of going back to that other thing. I get a phone call uh, in 2015 or so, and it's from the K&L Gates attorneys, and they say, hey, um, so Brennan's going to pay the death benefit. It's going to happen. And I'm like, oh, fuck all right and he said he'd look into it and they're like yeah so i come to find out another like chapter goes by maybe 2016 that my my interest was that and then it was how do you protect guys from this happening to in the future so what he did was he wrote in a memo with his head of legal to take care of the death benefit for glenn so glenn now got this baseline you know, payment. That payment was paid directly to Barbara Doherty okay. and to the family. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Like that money went, went right there. Then they also said, well, let's look back in time. And they went all the way back to Beirut, found over 20 families 
that had all fallen under that same circumstance of an independent contractor who wasn't married with dependents who was killed. And obviously Beirut was the start of that. Mm. Um, Zero Dark Thirty, you might remember a couple CIA operatives were, yeah. were killed and that was kind of highlighted in that film. Yeah, it was the, uh, fuck, what was the name of that base uh, in Afghanistan? Like I think eight eight or nine people died. Kandahar, yeah, I, I don't remember exactly, but I, I just, there were a family from that fell into that category. We got a phone call from, you know, like the sister of the operator that was killed over there. Oh, it was like, Coast. Yeah, it was Coast. That's thing, what happened, You know, yeah. ba- basically coming in and being like, hey, you fought this fight and my family has been, you know, ravaged by this occurrence and we just got made whole. Thank you. It was a really simple gesture and I'm like, holy shit, like goosebump moment. We, we just somehow retroactively helped 20 different families that had to deal with piles of grief and no restitution from their government and that just got made whole. Well, good on Brennan for at least doing it. Um, Because those meetings up there, when you go there, and I'm sure it was the same for you, like there's a fucking million people that are waiting in line to talk for four minutes to eight minutes tops with these people. I'm sure they give a a terse, you know, response, the same thing every single time. We'll look into it. You 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 might hear, you might not hear. The fact that he actually did it says something. I I mean, I'll give him credit for that. And then, I mean, as a cabinet level guy, he doesn't really have the authority to speak on behalf of the U.S. government without permission from the president, technically speaking, yeah. right? And what, so the way they did it was they did it via memos. Yeah. So this summer, I, I went to an event in Boston, and there's a, a bunch of guys that, were, that have all worked in the U.S. government, and the, a couple of us just full private citizens. And we all got together, and it was kind of like just an information gathering, and I end up meeting this one guy gets up, and we all introduce ourselves, and he says, yeah, you know, I, I just left employment i was the chief legal counsel for the central intelligence agency until you know 2019 mm-hmm. and i'm like wait 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 he was there for 20 years i'm like i gotta meet this cat so i walk up to him and i'm like hey i think i'm the guy that sued you <laughs> and he's like i know your name and he starts talking to me about the details of that memo mm-hmm. and how he got it done was he polite it was incredibly polite. Okay. It was an awkward moment. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I, 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 I'll roll yeah. out an awkward intro anytime. Hey, no problem. <laughs> so I, I, I dropped that in front of him and I said, I said, hey, listen, you know, what you guys were able to do, you took care of all those families in, in retrospect. And he said, well, yeah, well, you know, the real highlight for me, and it was one of the more memorable memos that I've been a part of. And a memo sounds really casual, but it's actually a big legal action inside of the mm-hmm. department, was he said it was fixing it for the future. And he said, the fact that we were able to write language in there so that if this ever happens again, if what happened to Glenn ever happens again, it'll be taken care of. Mm -hmm. That benefit will be taken care of. No one's going to have to go through the shit that you went through or those other families have had to go through. And he said, you know, that was one of the proudest memos that I was able to write. He said, it wasn't easy. There's a lot of politics. No one wanted to give up that money, that budget to pay backwards. And he said it was a fight worth fighting. And I was what like, a crazy story. Fucking thank you. Like I was, I was psyched. Yeah. And so now, like, that's the legacy play, right? Like that's the, okay. I, I wanted to take care of the immediate stuff. Do right by my boy, and then it's do right by the community. And then the third play that we, we kind of put out there during that whole time was, how do you pay tribute to those four Americans that were killed over there? Tyrone Woods was killed too. It wasn't just Glenn. Right. Mm-hmm. Ambassador Stevens was killed. It wasn't just Glenn. And Steve Sean, Smith. Or Sean uh, Smith. Sean yeah. Smith. And Steve Smith's a fucking basketball player. Yeah. 
Anyways, Sean might have had hoop skills. I don't he know. He may have. Know. He was a gamer. Yeah, he was a big gamer. Yeah. So in video land, mid range jumper, I heard was <laughs> really good, which is a lost art. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then we said, well, let's go for the congressional gold medal. Like, fuck it, why not? Like, why stop now? Um, so it just passed the the House of Representatives this summer. So before they disbanded Congress, and like now they're getting ready for the 118th Congress mm. taking yeah, shape. Yeah. So it's sitting to wait go to wait to go into the Senate, and we'll see what happens. That's amazing. But, that's felt, amazing. Felt pretty fucking good. And somewhere along the way, I just figured, why not start a collagen brand too? Yeah. <laughs> and look, I know uh, a percentage of the proceeds go to the Glenn uh, Doherty Foundation and everything else. Um, tell people uh, what made you want to do collagen and protein and things like that. Um, I'm sure it's because, I mean, now hearing the backstory of you guys personally, because you guys uh, were super athletic and, and in everything. And I mean, Jesus, if the camera's on him right now, throw it over there. Um, there it is. I mean, have you seen a better looking 51 year old dude? Jesus, man. Almost 52. It's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Um, I need to start putting more in my shit. Just, it's there. You got a lifetime supply. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) Got some hard seltzers and you got those. They all go together. The collagen is really important, right? For a lot of different reasons, but the MCT powder is what really matters because nothing else you do supplement wise matters unless you're, unless there's something, a lipid for it to bind to, to get into your bloodstream. Right. Right. I, 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 I'm, I know I say this all the time, but this is like, it, it's the critical thing. That's why there, there was like a, a German study in 2014 of vitamins found that vitamins that you take, like over-the-counter vitamins you take, don't do shit. But they do if you take MCT, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and they do in the right amount. It's, it's crazy Correct, to yeah. think like, oh, if I want 300 milligrams of vitamin C... Mm-hmm. I have to take 1,200 milligrams because yeah, yeah. I'm going to piss out yep. three quarters of that. And yeah. that is a pretty alarming idea. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, why is my pee bright yellow? Right. Well, it's because mm-hmm. you just pissed out all the vitamin C. That's why it stinks so much. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're dehydrated. So in 2017, right around the time we met, mm-hmm. um, I had started taking collagen. My wife bought me a jar of it off of Amazon. She's like, you're not getting any younger. We're having kids, and I need to preserve your old ass. Yeah. No joke. I was, I was 45 at the time. And my knees sounded like crinkled up newspaper walking up a flight of stairs. Like, it was all achy. I'd been crossfitting for, you know, a decade at that point. Still mountain biking, snowboarding, surfing, doing all my fun shit. But everything was slowing down. And I knew it, and I was just like, it was just getting slower. So I start taking college in, and I do, you know, I'm doing exactly what my wife says. So kind of like with anything, like, if you're going to bother doing it, read what you're supposed to do, Mm. follow the instructions. Don't just tic-tac around it. So I was like, okay, this says... Two scoops a day. I can put in my coffee. It's heat tolerant. Boom, boom, boom. Three weeks into it, I'm just thinking I'm going to exhaust the jar. It's not going to work, and I'm out. Like, I'm, fuck it. Like, I'll just do what she says to humor her. Yeah. Mm. My fingernails are growing like I'm the Wolverine. Mm. I'm like, all right, something's happening here. And about a week later, we had a wedding. Go, do I need a haircut? I'm like, I'm reading the side of the jar, and I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Something's happening. At about the two-month mark, my knees stopped hurting. And that was like my key problem was like achy knees, like squatting and running, just everything just kind of hurt. Flying on an airplane was a bear because, you know, you're cramped up Mm -hmm, and then you you have to stand up. And it it was just a a process. And it just felt great. And I'm like, all right, what's in this stuff? What's going on? Because I've tried glucosamine. I've tried creatine. I've tried whey. So much stuff and nothing ever worked. And then I realized, all right, here are these amino acids that are part of a complete protein, but it's not a complete protein. It's a collagen. Right. But it's fucking loaded with glycine and leucine and these amino acids. Like, what does 
glycine. And I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but it works. So I just keep into it. Three months into it, I'm, I'm all in. I'm like, I see you on the street. I'm like, you got to take college and this mm-hmm. stuff works. Right. And anyone at the gym, I'm just, I'm hyping it to. So my business partner, TJ, comes by the house and he's just a buddy. Like he's someone that we had some work projects with and we were spitballing some work stuff and he sees a jar of collagen and he's like, oh, you take that stuff? Now, TJ is kind of like the beautiful mind of the internet. So he's looking at this and he's going, I know what this does on Amazon as a category. I know it's a growth curve. I know all the biohackers are into it. He knows about like the future potential in it. I just know it works. Right. And he's like, hey man, we should start a company. Mm -hmm. Now I got a one-year-old crawling around behind me and I'm like, the last thing I want to do is be an entrepreneur. But funny enough, about three, four months earlier, I had been a guest on your show mm-hmm. and you know, I'd been into the Black Rifle headquarters. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation around charitable giving. And one of the things that we talked about was how to institutionalize charitable giving. How do you right. bake it into, you know, into, into economic action? It's something that we were trying to do at the time that turned into BRCC Gibbs eventually as well. Yeah. And it was a great, it was a great open-ended mm-hmm. problem that I hadn't solved for. So TJ looks at me and he's like, we should start a company. And I'm like, you know what? Sure. Let, let's napkin math this one out just for, just for sport. And we looked at each other and we said, well, what does a company look like? Mm. And we both paused. He said, well, and at the exact same time said, well, whatever we do, we have to do something cool for charity. Opening line. And a little fucking light bulb just goes off. And I'm like, well, I know the charity. It's got to be Glenn's charity. And this is exactly the kind of product that Glenn would have taken, chasing the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. And Glenn's call sign in the Navy was Bub. So we'll name the company Bub's Naturals as a tribute to Glenn and his way of life. And we'll give 10% of the company to charity. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that, sounds, that feels good. That sounds real good. So I called a couple of the SEALs um, that Glenn worked mm-hmm. with. Um, Mikey Ritland, mm-hmm. who's, you know, you guys, you guys know Mike. Yeah, yeah he's on our network, yeah. Shane Hyatt. And, um, and I'm like, guys, what do you think? Like, is this a fucking wacky idea? Because I'm a civilian. I never served. I don't want to lean in on a community. Like, I, I just think it's a neat name. And mm. they were like, Glenn would kick your ass if you don't do this. I'm like, well, that, that's a blessing I needed. Call the family, talk to Barbara. And they're just like, yeah, go for it. Like, like I don't think anyone thought it would work. Right. But they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, go, go have some fun with this. So I literally like reached into the savings account, took a look at what I had, bought a pallet of collagen, threw it up on Amazon, and we just let it rip. And it was a big social experiment. And MCTs was right there yeah. to be like the two things we knew worked. It was yeah. around that same time, 2016, 17, there, there was this company in, I think they were in Oakland. Uh, Josh knows them. Not my brother, Josh, the other Josh. Okay. Um, they figured out a way to fucking powderize pretty much any liquid without loss, right? And it was around that same time. So MCT is kind of prohibitive, I think, because it's liquid, or was. Pro- yeah, little pro- was, now it liquid. isn't, yeah. So, well, well, spray drying is a technology that's really come up. And, and yeah. spray drying is literally, you take something through a hose, you spread out those particles as far and as wide as you can, mm. just spraying them into a mist, and then you've got a big tumble dryer with mm-hmm. whatever your powder is, and the right powder is going to soak up all that oil. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's literally our product is MCT oil and tapioca starch. Like, it's two ingredients. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, the tapioca starch is creamy. It's got a little sweetness to it, so it's a little delicious. Yeah. And MCT oil doesn't it's, taste like much of anything, yeah. but it's got a little hint of coconut, a little bit of coconut in it. Now. So you put the two together, and you've got this 
kick-ass functional creamer that is going to help in all the ways that you described. Mm -hmm. The energy factor of it, of eating a healthy fat instead of sugar, means your energy plane lasts that much longer. Right. And it breaks through the blood-brain barrier because they're broken their medium-chain triglycerides, so they're smaller fat particles, and your brain's chowing down on that for food. So think little cognitive function, mental focus, and it's all baked into something that's creamy and delicious. Well, look, we love your products. The audience loves your products, yep. and, uh, and we're huge fans at bubsnaturals.com. Promo code Drinking Bros uh, gets you 20% off there. And uh, uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, obviously, this is the, uh, the end of the show where we get to the Drinking Bro of the Week, which is someone who has inspired you or helps you become the person you are today. It's kind of hard not to give it to Bub at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of a layup. So, yeah. I mean, anyone who, who ever met Glenn, who knew Glenn, he was your best friend. And, and Glenn had hundreds of best friends. And the way you earn that status is by being a rock and being there for others. And he was always there for others. And, you know, I, I hope that I can do that. Well, it's been an amazing uh, uh, tribute to him. Uh, it's amazing what you've done with the brand and the product and everything else. Uh, and then the fight uh, for everybody else in, in the CIA and in Congress and all that shit, because that's an uphill battle friend and uh, you were able to change a lot of lives uh, we greatly appreciate you being here today um, man I got caught up in that story I've, I've never heard any of that by the way so yeah um, I, I've actually never talked about it yeah, like I've never all. I've never like opened up about it I, I had a conversation with a guy named Scott Ellison this morning at that retreat thing I was at mm-hmm. and he was in the SEAL teams for mm-hmm. 20 years and now he works as a liaison yep. for Congress and I just rehashed it with him on the, we went on this walk and I just gave him all those details and he's just like, oh yeah. And he's, he knew all about the ins and outs of Congress and dealing with Langley and CIA and all that shit. Sure. And yeah, I guess it was really topical for me, fresh in mind. I just, I hadn't really thought about it much, but yeah, we had a hell of an adventure there for a couple of years. That's amazing. Uh, Bob, we'll put that in the, uh, the audio description there for bubsnaturals.com. Uh, appreciate being here. Go to iTunes, rate the show a five-star, and leave a quick review. Also, head over to Spotify and leave a five-star. No need to leave a review there. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Uh, what a great fucking show. Thank you. I God really damn, appreciate it. I wish it. you were on yeah, time yeah. because then we would have had an extra half hour. You son of a bitch. Yeah, that's on me. This I'll was t- a good one today. Damn it. I'm sorry. We've got I about s- 1,500 episodes. I got sucked in today. I, I suck. Yeah, we're do. Luckily, we'll do it again. Yeah, so. we sure will. Uh, for Danthony D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.